Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. Thank you all for viewing. My name is Corny J, and we're here with my host. As always, we have Jason Number A, the Duke of All Nerds. Jason, what's going on? Nothing. It's another day. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have the token, the man, the myth, the legend, Jaron, the token. What's going on, Jaron? What's happening? What's happening? All right, and so because naturally Black Widow dropped, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, we decided to do our top ten based off of uh, top ten. Uh, sorry, top three. I keep saying top, top ten because I really want top ten. I was like, I'm not prepared whole for this episode of just shenanigans of top lists, <laughs> but top three female heroes in cinema. So to go ahead, I guess yeah. usually I always wait, but I'm. A, I guess I'll start, and we'll go around from that way. My number three entry, which is kind of like a cheat code for me is going to be uh Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I know it well, it was a movie but I'm taking <laughs> all the movie the series and combining it but it is a cheat code because she really wasn't that great in that movie but I'm gonna still put her in as my number three here uh female hero uh in my all-time cinema list what do you have for us Jaron is your number three uh number three uh the women that were represented in hidden figures uh i just rewatched that movie again (laughs) a couple like a week and a half ago and it was phenomenal like uh nasa um nasa mathematicians and and everything that they went through dope phenomenal phenomenal female heroes jaren gets the black vote here ladies and gentlemen it it goes all (laughs) sci-fi-ish from here on in so (laughs) All right, Jason, number A, what is your now I, number now three? I feel ashamed because ain't nobody on my list is black, and I'm now going to be <laughs> – my mom's going to yell at me or something. <laughs> I feel the same way. Jaron did kind of play us in front of our <laughs> he culture. Just, he, just, he just had to play us <laughs> like that. But my number three is Sarah Connor from Terminator, especially from Terminator 2, total badass. Uh, yeah, I love her. She's great. So Sarah Connor, number three. Love it. And, and then I feel like – <laughs> the great thing about the Sarah Connor one is you kind of can do the same thing, take all of it because even uh, yeah, Lena Headley on yeah, yeah on the TV show, great. You know, even in the last movie, which is not that great of a movie, she was still great in it. So Sarah Connor, <laughs> yeah, that was she was, was the best part for sure. Yeah, she was, was the best part. like for Dark Fate. I don't think Dark Fate is bad as we think. I think it will age better than what it was initially. <laughs> uh, again, it's not one or two. Nothing will ever be one <laughs> or two, but it can compete with three. I feel like Dark I mean, yeah. compete with I think it's better than three. But then that's okay. like the thing that I just did in my bathroom was better than three. So <laughs> Poor Chris all right, Harvey. going on to number two. <laughs> <laughs> the number two female hero I have is uh Beatrice Kiddo, aka the bride from Kill Bill Volume One and Volume Two. I, I know that's kind of ambiguous because she technically was an assassin, so she really is a bad human being. But we're going to give her the whole heel, you know, the whole face turn and say, because of the baby, she became a good guy. She's a so I'm going to go with her. <laughs> What's she's up? The prota- she's the protagonist in her film. So that's technically <laughs> yes, a hero. Okay. I disagree, right. but that's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jaren, you're number two. Oh, man. Uh, if you didn't like that last one, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. Um, Zoe from Serenity and Firefly. Uh, I she hate you. Is- the consummate, <laughs> consummate badass, always bailing everybody out. Strongest member of the crew by far, unless Rivers losing her mind and having like a moment. But like, like she's the best. Period. Strong, hardcore, badass personified. Um, so Duke of Nerds, we may need to trade in our black cards. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't do this no more. I'm sorry, <laughs> I got to quit. <laughs> All right, number. 
my number two is Princess Leia from Star Wars. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hang my head in shame from this point on. <laughs> Zoe kicked her ass. <laughs> um, you know how last week I said you know that you had won the the top three list. I'm starting to like name a winner every week. Yeah, we we're, right now we're me and you are competing for second place right now, Jason. <laughs> just gonna throw a that out there. Second place, a distant right. second place. <laughs> like he crossed the finish line, sat down, had lunch, and we still running. <laughs> right, right. Oh man! All right, we're well, jumping into my number one. Uh, my number one is going to be Ellen Ripley, Alien and Aliens. I'm I'm a diss on three, and I'm a diss on Resurrection. So <laughs> I'm just going with those two. But yeah, Ellen Ripley is going to be my number one female hero. And Major, the biggest part about it is just she was the first female hero that I had ever saw on the screen and was like, that chick is really, really impressive. Like, it just, it was no damsel in distress. It was none of the tropes that we get from normal women in films like that. So it was, and even just going with the horror movie trope, Aliens rewrites even that for her where she's like, you know, a badass, you know, don't touch her, get you know, don't touch her, you bitch. Like, it's all great. So, Ellen Ripley is going to be my number one female hero. Jaren, who do you have for your number one? Harriet. Rip- it, it was Ripley. It was, it was, it was, there's no question about it. It was, it was Ripley, man. Uh, uh, the, the iconography of her in that uh, dope yellow, uh, like, uh, mech suit for Power moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I still... I read 9 million comic books back in the day and her face in the ads of every comic book for like however many years where she's got a shaved head and the aliens like, like right there looking at her. And she's like, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that sits with me. Ripley as a character uh, grew, like started one way and completely transformed to adapt to her situation, which is kind of like she did like an evolutionary step in humanity in the span of two movies. And, and she's, she, she's like she's it man she's fucking awesome absolutely um i'm glad because i thought your number one was going to be like harriet tubman so it's, <laughs> we'll, we'll take the win here <laughs> harriet Peter <laughs> show. <my> right. <laughs> madam cj walker's my number madam one <laughs> <laughs> all right duke of all nerds your number my one. number one is also ellen ripley i mean wow. here's the, here, Here's the, also the big thing about her. She is uh, not an... I mean, they overly masculinized her. I think masculinized is the word in three and four. But mm-hmm. in two, she was very much a maternal figure. She's very much feminized. She's very much still a woman who is in a horrible, horrible situation in which she's trying to protect you know, her surrogate daughter because at that point, her daughter was like 90 years old. <laughs> yeah. right. So right. like, you know, that's one of the good things about that character is that, you know, it's not just a woman character that's been given manly traits. It's a woman character that it's still a woman who still does, you know, who is impressive just because she's a woman, you know, that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you know, this is, I mean, that's, that's basically how great her character is, is that they didn't have to make her a dude. <laughs> right. Right. It, now that, a, that, sorry. That runs exactly the same with Zoe. From Firefly. Yeah. There she's is definitely no very, very feminine. Very, very feminine. Yes. Yeah. That's, but she is a tough woman. She's way tougher she than the washes. You. So I'm still <laughs> right. haven't gotten over that. Yeah. <laughs> me either, me yeah. Either. yeah. Uh, sidebar, just because, you know, head cannon. 
who wins uh Arnold's character Duke and Predator versus Alien and Alien. If he's on the ship in the spaceship in Alien, does he make it out alive? Yes. Because here's the thing. Predators could kill hundreds of aliens, right? Hmm. Arnold can kill a predator. He makes it out. Jaren? Can he fit in the corridors? Fair <laughs> 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 question. <laughs> question. <laughs> I feel like he's got stuck in his shoulders. He's like, ah, ah. I am stuck. Get to the escape ship. <laughs> Get to the chopper. I mean, <laughs> the spaceship. <laughs> All right. That, I just wanted to join. So hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Please, again, everybody remember to like, share, and subscribe with us here at Head Cannon Circus. Uh, please comment below. Let us know what you think and feel. You can always check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the great places that you can listen to your podcast, we are there as well. So hopefully you can kind of let us know, give us some feedback, let you know what our thoughts are. Maybe we left someone off the list that you were like, how the hell did they go without naming this young lady? Like, I mean, again, granted, we did name Harriet Tubman. Um, And then when I told a buddy of mine, and this is for my buddy Rico, shout out to him. He was like, oh, you got to have Alice from Resident Evil. No, I said, uh, we're talking about real heroes here. So, uh, <laughs> no, we don't have to have Alice in Resident Evil. Yeah. We don't have to have her on any list. Thank you very much. Unless Rico, we want to talk about the worst long. female characters. <laughs> All right, so, I just want to throw that out there so that he knows that we at least acknowledge that uh, Alice is awesome sucker too. All right, going on to uh, geek news. As always, mm-hmm. guys, we are going to fill you in a little bit on some geek and nerd news going on. First things first, uh, RIP to Richard Donner, passed away. And let's just go ahead and um, go around. And what is, do you have a favorite Richard Donner movie, uh, Jaren? Goonies. Uh, Goonies was, I mean, part of my childhood could be defined by Goonies. So, I mean, Goonies, Ghostbusters, and Back to the Future is kind of like, you know, if the visual things that raised me that were on a motion picture. So, yeah. Uh, Goonies for sure. Not as big, uh, not as some of us, maybe not us, but some people we know are big, uh, like Superman, the motion picture fans. And I know he was involved in that. I've never really liked those that much, but uh, but I slow down, Jerry. You just like shit, don't like it. That could be on one of our lists. So, like, you just I hope no one picks that. I mean, he's, he's, he's dead, he can't defend himself. So, I figure, like, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying one of us, like, what if it's other, you know, that one sucked. And I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> that'll be uh, funny. Duke of all nerds. <laughs> Well, I was I was gonna say Goonies as well, but also even though he did not get the directed credit for Superman two, a lot of the good stuff about Superman two was pro- was from Richard Donner. And if you ever seen like the Richard Donner cut, it's awesome. So I'm gonna dis- I'm going to uh, not agree with Jaren with the Goonies, even though Goonies is one of my favorite movies of all time. Go with Superman two, the Donner cut, Oof. as Oof. one of my favorites. That's yes. It. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, the the Darna cut was kind of in my direct one, but just because Jaren's a hater, I'm gonna say Superman one, the OG <laughs> yeah, of all this shit. Yeah, OG <laughs> of all this shit, and then also, and I will say this because I remember watching Superman one for the first time, and now granted, special effects and everything had to come a long way by this time. This was in the late '80s, early '90s when I finally saw it, but I still remember feeling like this was cool. 
trash. And <laughs> the feeling of it is because they do do a very whimsical feel and attitude in that movie that does translate from the screen to a person watching it as a kid. Also, I remember it got one up by Superman 2 because I got to see, like, I mean, I never seen somebody throw a bus, even though it looks really cartoonish now. It, I mean, when I was a kid, like, that was like, this Joker just threw a bus. This is crazy. So, also, still, some 30, 40 odd years later, still the best depiction of Superman in the movies thus far. Yes. Period. You don't like, you don't like angsty anti heroes as Superman? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not Superman. You don't like Nicolas Cage dressed up in a Superman costume for photo sure for a possible move? Movie. <laughs> if he <laughs> saw that movie, I'm sure it would be absolutely insane. And we would love every second, but still. And best depiction of Superman on in cinema, not on TV, but in cinema. Absolutely. So far. Yeah, don't forget about Absolutely. Dean Kane. <laughs> Let's shit on some legacies. <laughs> uh, we'll right along. Civil, Silver, Silver, uh, you know, I can't speak today because Jerry got me so flushed about his Superman take. Uh, Silver Hawks are back. Uh, the 80s cartoon is now being revitalized. And it's not going to be a reboot. It's going to be revitalized. So it's going to keep the continuity of the old show. But the only reason this is on this list is because the people who did the Thundercats, the 2001, is doing this. So that is why I'm excited about it. Because if anybody watched old Thunder, Thunder versus the new one, you know, the new one wipes the floor with the old one. And I mean, Silver Silverhawks suck too. So I'm hoping these guys could bring something to it that wipes the floor with the old one as well. Uh, Jaren, your thoughts because you're the oldest one on the show. Your thoughts yeah. on Silverhawks and all this that's going on. What's Silverhawks? Okay, come back to me. <laughs> all right, Jason, <laughs> Duke of all nerds. Never heard of this. <laughs> so, I was a big fan of Silverhawks when I was four. I'm surprised that anybody remembers the story because it only lasted like one season. Yep. But the dude with the guitar, the cowboy guy with the guitar, for me as a four year old, I love that. I don't know who this is for. I don't know, like, what kids like, Silverhawks, fuck yeah. Oh, they're containing the story? I am here. I don't know who this is for. It's not for me. I don't, <laughs> like. It's for the people making but, it. Same yeah. as He-Man. Because it's not for kids today. They're going to look at He-Man and fucking laugh their dicks off. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's Lord. just like, nothing stays dead. I hope they bring back, I don't know, uh, Biker Mice from Mars or something. I don't fucking know. Something <laughs> stupid for me. Uh, Jaren, what, is your, what is your He-Man hate going to stop, Jaren? Your He-Man hate has been just... Oh. You haven't even watched the series as it came out yet. When he puts a shirt on and gets a haircut. Oh, He-Man must be his father or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along to the next topic. Have you ever wanted to be Roman in the Ludicus character in Fast 9? Well, you have a chance because... Uh, no. Brand, because Virgin Galactic 2022, somebody will win a trip to go into space. So what they're doing now, they're basically doing a fundraising platform called Omaze, and basically you will pay your money, they will give you entries into it, and then they will draw a winner on September 1st, but they won't announce the winner, I don't know why that works, until September 29th. So the flight will happen, they predict early 2022. Will any of you all apply for this and try to get a chance to, you know, see the stars? No. Well, Virgin... <laughs> Virgin Galactic doesn't even go to space. It just goes to the upper atmosphere as yeah. of right now. And they have no plans on actually entering into space, so they're lying to us first. But I, <laughs> I understand it. America and 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 NASA both agree. Uh, the U.S. government and NASA both agree that it's like, a, what is it? it there's a certain mileage above yeah. Yeah. sea level yeah. that 
you are technically you become an astronaut by do by getting that high. So and I don't, you know, <clears throat> and the fact that they're not announcing the winner until set or even though they're drawing winner and they're not announcing it until much later feels like it's like oh all of a sudden it's this billionaire he won the prize huh? it wasn't that crazy <laughs> like, Richard Branson's best friend is going with him oh that's crazy see <laughs> like, I th- okay I, I think it's I think it's more about okay you put the money in because anybody can put money in now we have to make sure you can actually fucking do it like you, you can't be like 600 pounds throwing our fucking shuttle off course you know what i'm saying like there's gonna have to be a vetting process are you about to go to jail are you are you trying to like skip town <laughs> are you a murderous <laughs> individual no mr Trump, you cannot get on the on space, space rocket <laughs> let's move on we are not going to do a 35 minute news segment like last time we're going to go through this guys keep it to one sentence and let's move on <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, a sealed Mario 64 uh, copy sold for $1.5 million, breaking the Zelda NES record of $870,000, which was like two, three days ago. Does anybody have any of these cartridges and can I borrow it just for a little <laughs> bit to make it happen? Jaren, your thoughts on Mario 64 selling for $1.5 million? I keep seeing these stories. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I could convince if I could like go back in time and talk to my younger self, I don't know if I could convince myself that you can be a millionaire in 40 years or well, 30 some odd years. If you do not ever open this game and make sure you, you keep it in pristine condition. I don't, I don't think I could have done it. So mm. I just, nowadays I'm just going to, you know, when my kid shows up or however that works, I'm just going to buy him uh, two copies of every game. Let him have one and keep one sealed in a in a nice like secure area yeah <laughs> uh duke of nerds thoughts i don't see why anybody's paying a, a million for this this just seems ridiculous to me that's it it's sealed that's in the it. box a- original box okay mars 64 wasn't all that good Ooh, <laughs> whoa we will save Mars this for another discussion amazing another day, further down the road Ooh. all right jump into the next one samsung galaxy s21 ultra 5g wins the best smartphone at the mobile world congress who knew that was a thing um before the show started we had we were having a debate about android versus uh iphone duke of nerds your thoughts on this samsung victory uh my thoughts are fuck you jaren (laughs) 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 jaren your thoughts on this samsung victory are we sure it didn't just win the award for the longest fucking stupid name ever given to a cell phone i mean you just rattled (laughs) off like three fucking sentences to tell us about it it sounds like a cool game. It could have won. That's what probably impressed the judges. All the wordplay. Uh, <laughs> new Lord of the Rings video game. Lord of the Rings Gollum has a trailer. No release date. Basically, you play as Gollum and follow his journey from beginning, going through the elves' world to everything that we know about in the the uh, Lord of the Rings spirit, uh, franchise that we heard about, but didn't get to see. This video game is supposed to be filling the gaps. Duke of Nerds, are you excited about this? I mean, this is a stealth action game coming. What? 15 years after the death of stealth action games. Uh, the genre. <laughs> yeah, the genre has been killed. And you're playing as the most worst character in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> or, or tragic. Or tragic. <laughs> no, just worse. He's not really all that tragic. He's just, I think uh, Sam was worse. Yeah. Man, fuck you. Sam is a hero. In the I'm about to say, Sam is a G. What are we talking about? <laughs> Jared, you know what? We're going to the next topic. Let's yeah, move on. Move on. on this. Yes. 
Uh, I had this thing where I was going to do the sync thing of Wolverine's claws, but I'm just not up to it because Jaren is killing my high. So Hugh Jackman sees his return to the Wolverine role or the MCU. Is anybody excited about this? Because I am not. Jaren? No. And also, isn't it still just a rumor? Yeah, yeah. He teased it because I guess somebody in the MCU, they did a photo shoot together and had like uh, Instagram posts and had the Wolverine claw and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. If he shows up in a in a, a multiverse type scenario, absolutely sure. Great nod to you know Fox shitting the bed and falling down on their own stupid movies. But uh, no, the MCU fucking deserves its own and better Wolverine. Wow, better. Whoa, 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 whoa. back up, back up, back up, back up. Hugh Jackman was great as Wolverine. He's a little bit too tall. A lot too tall. <laughs> Fucker's like seven feet. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. Uh, they should get a pro wrestler to play Beast just to pick him up. <laughs> Do the fastball special. No fastball special. Oh, I guess we'll a six-five man in the air. You're right. <laughs> Look here, Jared is going in today, man. He he won top three, so he's like, "Fuck you guys." He's doing he take this heat. <laughs> so I'm coming uh, out with Grand the bangers today. <laughs> right, Grand Theft Auto Six is going to take place in Vice City, but a Martin Day Vice City. Uh, this game is supposed to come out 2024, hopefully 2025. Any, uh, well, I know we're probably all excited about Grand Theft Auto, but do we care that it's going to take place in the Martin Day Vice City? Uh, Duke, Vice City is the only Grand Theft Auto game that I actually beat. So I've played them all. I've played them every last one of them. Only one I beat. So maybe I can finally finish another Grand Theft Auto game that comes out in Vice City. <laughs> uh, Jared, any thoughts? Uh... I mean, I love Miami. So, oh wait, Vice City. It's not. Uh, That's yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought the original Vice City was great because of the '80s aesthetic. So it'll be fun to see how they take it into the modern era. Um, I just hope uh, they make like a full-on game. They've been going into that games as a service thing real fucking hard. So uh, when Rockstar you know, puts a game down, they fucking put a game down. So I, I, yeah, I'm uh, super excited. All right. And last but not least, uh, there was a new Marvel. What if trailer that dropped? I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch it, but does this heighten your expectations for it? Or is it just, you just ready for it to drop and move on? Uh, Jaren, your thoughts? Uh, stiff animation, but great subject matter. Uh, and I can't wait for the zombie episode. <laughs> All right, Duke. I'm just wondering if this is like just, an anthology series, or this is like a connected storyline. Because this trailer seemed to make it seem like it was like connected somehow. Each episode will be connected, but I'm 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 looking forward to it. All right, uh, hey, look, I'm just gonna say it now. Y'all better keep that same animation energy. Y'all gonna give later today if that animation looks like what we're gonna talk about later on in this episode. Y'all keep that same <laughs> energy. We gonna take the no Marvel copping. Especially <laughs> looking at you, Jaren. Hopefully, I get the camera to really zoom in. You're looking at you, Jaren. Because you will do some Marvel copping. Like I just want to make sure you keep that same energy. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Geek News. Let's go and jump into our Loki check-in, which is uh, episode five. Jaren, your thoughts on episode five? I mean, it's phenomenal. I hate that there's only six episodes. Uh, I I get that they crammed it in. They definitely could have stretched this to like. 10 episodes and, and yeah and been and rounded it out a little more but um uh holy shit everything about it was great uh all the low keys were fantastic i was so upset when the the episode before last when they killed uh uh 
uh, what's his face? Mobius. Uh, Mobius. Yes. Thank you. Um, so him back and Hiddleston and female Loki's uh, Sylvie's uh, chemistry is, is great. It really is. Yeah. Th- those two work off each other exceptionally well. I am therefore I like it. And then the old guy, the old Loki from the classic <laughs> <laughs> making that whole fucking uh, city phenomenal. Uh, All right. Yeah. Duke of Nerds, thoughts? My only, uh, I would say, disappointment in this show and this episode particularly is like, I want to spend more time with all these Lokis. I wish this was longer. Like, I, like, I, I, I wish I felt more, uh, not more sad, sadder for the death of old man Loki because, mm. I mean, he was only introduced in the last episode and he dies in the end of this episode. Yeah. And spoiler alert for I mean you all know we're gonna spoil this shit. Yeah, we spoil. <laughs> yeah. So I just wish I want them I just want to spend more time with Loki's <laughs> and have them localize each other and and shit. And that that was all my only disappointment. Other than that, this show I'm sad that it's gonna be ending this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sad. <laughs> but my two best takes or the check-in on for this one was uh Gator Loki. Magnificent. Uh, <laughs> second one is a man's hand he doesn't take right. shit for nobody. Exactly, and then I think to say that you just said, I want a kid Loki spinoff so badly. Like, when you introduce the guy that killed his, you know, he killed his brother, and he, this was his kingdom, and now it's, I didn't know how all this happened. And yeah, I feel like that's the greatest what if I have. Especially since old Loki, who had all the powers to create freaking Asgard and, and, and Illusion, was like, oh, I, he, no, I bowed out to him, the kid. Like, Dude, you're powerful right. than regular Loki, and you bow down to that kid. Must be a badass. <laughs> right, right, right. It was there for so, only a frame, but as a Ghostbuster fan, I was super stoked to see him drinking an ecto cooler. Yeah, <laughs> when yes, he was on his yes. throne. In his throne. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I noticed that too. All right, let's jump right on into our Rick and Morty check-in, which is, I believe, episode three, if I recall. And. Let's go ahead with you, Duke of All Nerds. What were your thoughts on episode three of Rick and Morty? Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I really like the emotional Rick and Morty episodes. Um, at the end of this, this is not like uh didn't end with a funny joke. It ended with, you know, Beth actually being a parent to Rick or to Morty and you know, comforting him after he broke up with Planetina. And I also enjoyed uh kind of a summer in and Rick's B storyline fucking around the galaxy. <laughs> it was fun it was a fun Hello. good good little little episode all right jaren thoughts yeah that concept of just uh uh doing like a a pup crawl for for uh uh planets that are about to be destroyed which after watching the last two episodes of loki where they get stuck on a planet that's in the midst of being destroyed i was like i was <laughs> i thought the timing was great on it um were uh all the planeteers that that threw me when they all showed up and they were old as fuck i was like holy <laughs> shit it was an angle that i just i hadn't even considered i thought he was gonna try to i thought the i thought they were gonna be roughly morty's age and bully him but uh i didn't realize that they were <laughs> they're gonna be gen xers and old and cynical now and just trying to cash in on yeah. their childhood I got a real <laughs> britney spears vibe from the whole situation <laughs> so. yes yes <laughs> Um, yeah, my only check-in is uh, shame on Morty letting a little bit of good mass murder to cheer him from such a hot chick. <laughs> Morty, you've been waiting for this the whole series, so sorry. These guys were bad, bad people that just were doing a job. Planetina had every right, so Mor- Morty needs to sift her up a little and keep it rolling. <laughs> Man, 
<laughs> when he comes up with that that a ring in his mouth and he he says fire with it in his teeth, I was like, Stop. <laughs> like I said again, more than you've been searching for that kind of chick your whole life. You should have just I, took. You got to take the good with the bad. That's called a. I draw the line at mass murderer too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I understand, Morty. I understand. I don't know. That chick was fly, and she could fly. I may, I may accept a little mass murder for it. Uh, <laughs> guys, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. Hey, Candy Circus, and keep coming back to us. We try to going to try to drop the show every Tuesday and Wednesday. So come back and join us if you just joined us for that. Let's go ahead and jump into what we really do on this show which is a movie review. So whew, we got a nice little say here, but we're going to start off with the thing that everybody probably wants to hear the most about. Let's start off with uh, Marvel's latest offering, Black Widow. Um, Duke of all nerds, what did you think of Black Widow? So I did, in fact, enjoy this movie. I thought it was fun. But biggest thing problem, this isn't a Black Widow movie. This is not her movie. It's her sister's movie. And this movie would have been completely the same if Black Widow was a side character, like mm. it, it was Florence Pugh knocks it out of the park. So like it, she has the best lines. She's the uh, impetus for the story. She has the emotional core of the story. Like it's it was for her to tell like that her family, their family, their fake spy family was real to her. And then finally at the end is when you know uh, Black Widow is like, oh, I guess it was real to me too. I suppose. So, like, I enjoy this movie has a lot of fun action, a lot of fun stuff going on in it. But for as a Black Widow movie, the biggest strength of it, which is the, the family aspect, uh, is its biggest weakness. It's it should have it, it takes away from her as a character, I guess, because like, honestly, like Scarlett Johansson says like five lines in this movie, really. She doesn't really <laughs> say a lot. And it's either she says something and it's like either as a direct response to something that someone else said. And it's like one line, like, oh, that's not what I was thinking. Or, you know, it, she just wasn't a big enough presence for this to be her movie. Like, so that's that's my biggest gripe about it. But other than that, you know, this would be uh, better than Iron Man 3, but you know, worse than every other movie. <laughs> Oh Lord! Uh, is Iron Man three at your bottom for all? No, no. Actually, Iron Man two is my bottom. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, or actually, yes. four two is my bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dark World. Um, great. I mean, good fun movie, but didn't need to be. Honestly, this movie just completely exposed that Black Widow is not that interesting of a character that they have made in a Marvel universe because we all know from the books she's a way more interesting character. But this just showed, yeah, yeah, like, but this just showed that they did not know what to do with this <clears throat> character that didn't have superpowers or did she have superpowers because this movie acted like you know she was hanging out with Vin Diesel half the time. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the pros of this that I have are again, Florence Proust, so I'm not going to repeat that because you already did a great job of that. This actually works in the Marvel formula as a phase one movie for the White Widow or the new Black Widow. Like, mm -hmm. it, if you were going to introduce her, you might as well just call it this Black Widow. You should have called it like Agents of Russia movie. or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can just whip with it that way. Um, great set pieces for the action. At this point, let's just call it Spade a Spade. Marvel's doing action better than anybody in the business and game now. I don't think it's even close now because the action not only looks good, it feels good. As Jaren says, it has weight to it. But then on top of all of that, it actually 
fits into the story where it doesn't just feel as like it's action for the sake of action. So I mean, kudos to Marvel on that. My other pro is, um, did he really fight Captain America? No, you couldn't have. <laughs> Again, just a throwaway line. But I like that it was put in there though because it's like now it makes us have to think. Okay, or, well, hold on. He could have, but not. It wouldn't have been you know Steve Rogers. Yeah, he right. He, he fought Captain America indirectly in the movie because he fought Taskmaster, who studies <laughs> Captain America. Oh, and here, we go, here we go. But, but either way, it, it, David Harbaugh knocked out of the Taskmaster. Park. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned that before he fought Taskmaster. But again, I thought that was a very good pro because I think it opens up doors to other things that Marvel can expand on and do things with, which I thought was cool. My only downside is I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, and I mean, I have other downsides, but the only one I care about is like, Marvel just shits the bed with his villains, man. Like, you just wasted Taskmaster. Why even have him in this movie? You could have had Agent such and such be the bad guy and do all the exact same stuff, and it wouldn't matter. Taskmaster is one of fans' favorite guy because you like to see the different styles that he emulates and does. The only good part in this whole movie for Taskmaster was the first encounter between him and, and Natasha, mm -hmm. which was dope as hell because you got to actually see that, like what his you know ability was or her ability was. The rest of it... it, it you, you could have done without it. Just, just fuck it. You could just say this chick was part of the Black Widow program. That's why they fight the same and off to the races because they wasted yeah. a good, good villain that I think people were excited about. So, Jaren, your thoughts on Black Widow? I liked it. <laughs> uh, compared to what you guys are talking about. Um, yeah, no, I liked... Uh, she is a human. She's not a fucking superhero. She's not a metahuman. So her story needs to be sized down. It does. And I think they hit the emotional points of the family... Uh, I don't know why her and her sister fought when they first ran into each other. That seems stupid, yeah. but um, <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a set piece. It is what it is. Fine. Sure. But it didn't make any, I mean, I've, I have siblings. I know how, I, I get it, but not like to that degree. I haven't seen them in 20 years. I'm not going to pull a gun on them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, not it. it's not it's how not we stand well in our family. Um, but uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was suitably scaled to her her abilities. <laughs> yeah. If she's if she's operating in the same level as a Thor movie, single movie, or Captain America single movie, some, then something's wrong. Some, clearly, they don't know the characters. I appreciated that was scaled down. I also thought, again, the emotional points were hit well. I was rooting for that fake fucking Russian sleeper cell family. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, oh, come on, guys. Um, no, so I, yeah, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. And, uh, uh, and then you know you get to see a little bit of how they're building out at the very end, the post-credit sequence at her grave with uh, Julie Lewis Dreyfus. Dreyfus, I don't know a fucking name. You know, Seinfeld lady's kid uh, character. <laughs> Which, but, but, uh, but was it scaled down? Wasn't this some pretty much on the same scale as Winter Soldier? That was a little bit less than the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah. a, a fucking ship flew out of the ground and exploded on a town. Like, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, but, like, the Winter Soldier was, like, all of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, they were targeting the entire world at once. Yeah. No, I'm world. talking as about the scale as... of what the... When you talk about scale, we gotta look at it from a person being on the outside, not knowing what the fuck is going on. Would this bother you will feel like shit's going crazy? Well, if a fucking soldier... spaceship fell out of the sky, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Why is this, like, no one dealing with A huge-ass plane <laughs> that was similar to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s helicarrier fell out of the sky and smashed the ground. That but is pretty three insane. helicarriers fell out and walked. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. They, went, they went, because uh, they went a sequel on Winter Soldier versus uh, the first version. <laughs> but again, they dropped out of the sky and smashed the city. That's pretty high stakes, guys. Also, oh, a Black Widow movie. Steve Rogers was fighting all of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
it was he was fighting Hydra and he was fighting the Winter Soldier. They gave Captain, they gave a uh, uh, Black Widow like three other capable fighters to just take on that one weird Russian guy. So, no, no, you're missing the point. When you talk about scale and big scale and little scale, you talk about what the outside people like. Godzilla's huge scale because the outside people that are walking on the street are like, "Oh shit, look at this fucking." So for someone on the outside, you just yeah. had a fucking helicarrier fall out of the sky and destroy a place. But and also, we're like, oh, but it was a small scale movie. Like, what? Also, you know, like you're not something that secret falls out of the sky. You're like, oh, yeah. that's a big deal. But you're talking about. A government organization yeah. that was infiltrated by Nazis for years being taken down by the world's most famous superhero. Right. When I say scale, I mean scale of impact to everybody in the world. This affected that thing didn't fall in a town, it fell in a fucking field. Oh, in Russia. So well, no yeah, in, in Russia. <laughs> okay, so a random field is that not in a town? Is that not in a county or in the I don't city know how Russia works, so I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna answer this. Yes, it does. It's it, it's part of know. somebody owns that that's part of something that just yeah. got destroyed it by could this have been Siberian fucking probably made amazing. the news. <laughs> I think in Russia it. everybody owns it, like Tetris or something. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's all common. Makes it even worse too that the Russian <laughs> government probably was involved and was like <laughs> What the hell did this? <laughs> this must be those damn superheroes again. Maybe we should <laughs> jump aboard these accords too and make our people sign it. Like anyway, again, I can get the point you're making. I think it's misguided to be like, oh, it's a smaller scale movie. Like, no, it it, it was a big scale movie for what they were doing. It's small yeah. scale in the overall universe of Marvel. Yes, that's yeah, why like it's a, a movie that got Marvel fit stuff, in. Like Especially like Thor 2, it's like, why didn't you call the rest of the Avengers if you're going to deal with space aliens and shit like this? Yeah. This yeah. movie, it's like, well, everybody's in jail, so it makes sense why no one's around to help her. Yeah. And it also makes sense, like, this is kind of her thing. So it's like, don't call Steve. You don't really need him because you also got, you know, at least two super spies and one super soldier with you already. So, <laughs> right. So, questions Is Captain Marvel small scale or big scale? She's galactic scale. She's huge, massive. She's saving planets. That's why she can't come here yeah. and help us out. Yeah, she's saving <laughs> ten other planets that don't have Avengers on them. That okay? <laughs> All right, we, we just will agree to disagree about scales now. Then we will because that's a completely like this, small scale like because this. nothing yeah. really affects nothing else that goes into the universe. The fact that we didn't know she was even in the universe and she was here in the nineties. She was doing with other know. planets. That's huge scale. <laughs> yeah. That's my point but is that how like did, if it's a huge scale event, why does no one know about it except for like three people? That's There's a whole small scale movie know about with it. big events. <laughs> again, a scale, again, I think that's what it is because you guys try to scale on like the things and like knowing the universe. I judge scale on with the people that don't know the universe. How does this affect them? That's how I judge scale because that's what brings public pleasure. That's why you have the Sokovia Accords because a lot of Bitch scale shit happened around them, yeah, and they, they were like, they "Hey, the city we gotta on. get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta get this under control because this is fucking big scale." Like they're like, "Avengers like, catch well. the city," and the Avengers like, eh. <laughs> 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 "Anyway, I know we spent way too long on Black Widow. Would you recommend it, Jaren, to go see Black Widow?" Yes, one hundred percent. Go see it. All right, Duke of Nerds. Yeah, if you like Marvel movies or like this one, yeah, go ahead and see it. I'm right there with you. I do recommend, uh, even though we had a whole the scale conversation, I do recommend going seeing the movie. It's fun. It's lighthearted and works pretty well. Um, let's go and jump in. There are oh, a lot of dudes getting their bones broken and stuff and, and getting yeah. shot up. And 
Also, a lot of diversity in the Black Widow program, which I would yeah, never expect. What made me want to say one thing is like, how come the Black Widow program can let women wear their natural hair, but we can't do that in, in business in America? <laughs> like these brainwashed <laughs> bitches can wear their hair just the way they can wear their hair. Right. But <laughs> you go into you know Bank of America, they're going to try to fire you. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's something about being an assassin that just makes you more liberating, I guess. Uh, so yeah, to, who's telling them? It's Right. I'm a trained the assassin. Of the you, you, you tell me how to do um, my hair? <laughs> yeah, let's go into the Forever Purge now. Moving along. Yes, so let's go ahead with you, Jaren. What are your thoughts on the Forever Purge? Forever Purge. Oh, man. So uh, th- these movies are like consummate popcorn movies. They're right up there with Fast and the Furious for me. They are fun, brainless. You know, sometimes they're even well shot. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this one. Uh, it did. It did focus more on characters and races that have classically not really been at the forefront of these movies. So I dug that. Um, and uh, yeah, me and me and Jason came up with a, a side movie that we want to film uh, in the parking lot after watching because <laughs> we want we want to know what happens to the, uh, to, uh, to our our black the black dude. He just like takes off halfway through, and then we don't we don't hear from him again. And Jason brought up the. He brought up the question. He was like, "What? Uh, what do you think the people in the middle of the country did with a six-hour time limit to get to a border?" And I'm like, "They fucking hunkered down, and there's a whole story there, and that guy's probably in the middle of it." So, <laughs> absolutely, uh, Duke. What'd you think of the Forever Purge? I do love how the black guy was like, "Nah, fuck off, I'm out." Got a family. I I love the purge as a concept. I love the franchise. Period. Um, it, as Jaren said, is a fun popcorn movie. But where it differs from Fast and the Furious is that it has something to say. And in this movie, it says it. It looks into the camera and oh, yeah. says, "No, question. all y'all rich white Republicans are fucking up our country." Like it literally says that in this movie. And that's what I and I was like, as soon as he said that. I was like, I'm an all in in this franchise. This is just come, <laughs> you know, it was it was here. Now it's up here. <laughs> I mean, like this movie, a, a lot of the other movies, there are characters that do kind of dumb things. You're like, why would you do something like that? And there was only like really one point, maybe two points where the characters were like obsessively dumb. And that was the one where the lady sees the goat in the cage and is like, I'm going to try to help this goat out. Like, get up from there you know and then, <laughs> right before that she goes into work which is like ridiculous that you got to work after the purge and the even after the one dude says like why did, why isn't this not a holiday which references to why isn't uh voting day not a holiday mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and she goes into work and she's like where is everybody it's like there was a murder holiday last night you be <laughs> <they> dead yeah. <laughs> I think me and Jaren said the same thing in the theater. Yeah. So he was like, "Why was she asked that?" Yeah, I give you, I give you three guesses, and the first two I don't count. The dude next to me laugh because I just said that out loud. Like they did, <laughs> but like I enjoyed the whole, you know, that the uh, white family has to escape to Mexico with the uh, Mexican immigrants. I enjoy the fact that Jaren said that we have a dark-skinned Hispanic male as the lead in this movie. Like you don't ever see that unless it's you know you don't ever see that. Period. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is like yeah. a a drug cartel movie. You don't ever see a dark skinned uh, Hispanic male as the lead, and that was like that blew my mind. I thought that was great. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. Uh, 
It was gory as fuck. It was great. <laughs> oh, that Native American guy too, getting good. He's like, oh, yeah. out of my way to get your white devils off my land. Let's go. You've been doing this for five hundred <laughs> right. years. Like some of y'all deserve to take a chance. Some of y'all don't. But <laughs> my only gripe is um, they could have gone further into um, between uh, Juan and the uh, I can't remember the the I know the actor's oh, name God. is Josh Lucas when they're talking about how uh, why doesn't he like him. And he's like talking about, oh, you know, I just don't think we, you know, people, our cultures are just too different. They could also gone into further, like, you know, all this shit's kind of y'all's fault. <laughs> you know, like y'all voted for these motherfuckers. Y'all put these, I, you know, I was just looking for a better life and y'all are coming to be here. This, this is what y'all have done. And this is what y'all, have, but they didn't go into that. But either way, they still a huge, you know, political statement. I'm surprised there was that many people in there and no one got them. I'm like, I love Trump and left or something like that. So, <laughs> um, you guys pretty much have summed up everything that I had written down <laughs> about the movie. Uh, it does take a great bizarro mirror version of our society and flip it back on us as we watch it. I think that's always fun about these. This whole series itself. <laughs> and to your point, I had the same thing. Like I wish they would have spent more time in that kind of angle. But let's be completely honest. All the Purge movies can only get so close to it because of the limitations of the writers because they're never really well written. It's just <laughs> enough. And so these arguments or thought processes they put, I feel like it's almost like either the writers can't get that far or they're like, we don't want to bog down a movie with that shit, but we want to put that note nugget in your head and let you like deal with it when you leave home. We're going to get back to the shit we care about. Uh, the only real issue I had with it besides some of the things you guys already mentioned is that we didn't get the the overall, like, I guess, smaller scale carnage kills that we got from the other movies. This movie was a, a lot of moving, and they were getting, they were getting to it, and you can see all the carnage and the, the anarchy in the back. But as you know, every purge movie, the the heroes always come across maybe two or three situations where some slaughterings going on in front of them, and they got to deal with it. And we really didn't get this. It kind of was just like. The, the standoff in the alley, which I thought was going to end more violently. It just, I mean, a guy got shot, but still, it wasn't like what we usually see from these movies where they would have hacked somebody up in front of them or done something crazy. So I did miss it because I guess one and in my notes I say it wasn't really any of the nasty killer violent kills we're used to that puts this firmly in the horror realm. It's getting more almost sci-fi-ish than more horror now. It's stretching more sci-fi than horror. And I love the series because it was always more horror with the, the sci-fi of the imagination part of it. So, which again, I'm fine if they're going to make that turn and lean more sci-fi to go into it, by all means do the thing. I enjoy it. But that's the only thing is me liking, loving the first one. Cause the first one's pretty much a, a haunted house movie with real people, you know, violent <laughs> killers. Yeah. Yeah. Real people. So, but um, I can't complain. I mean, second one's the best though. Only, oh, only... yeah, second one's the best by far, but the second yeah. one has a bunch of brutal. Uh, I mean, yeah. you walk around in a truck with like a pig slaughtering thing, like... <laughs> yeah, but like when I when they she got in that goat trap thing and they had the yeah. freaking uh air hammer on there, I was I was like, man, they're gonna kill us this girl real quick, man. <laughs> like, I don't know, I, so <laughs> I thought so too. I was right there with you. Um, but other than Let's that, real, again, if, it, if it goes sideways in this country, there is no fucking way Canada is opening their border. <laughs> oh, no, they're closed, yeah. Yeah, oh, 120%. like oh yeah, y'all enacted a murder holiday and now y'all want to come yeah. live with us? No, nah, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh and Jaren, would you sorry? Oh, go ahead, Jason. Last one. And go ahead. At first, when I first when the purge first hit, 
movie theaters, the very first Purge movie, I was like, there's no possible way this could ever happen in our country. That The premise is just too out there. And now after seeing this one, I'm like, anything is possible. <laughs> this could be yeah. a documentary at this point. <laughs> after Yeah, after the last four years, I'm like, fuck, I should probably get some more guns. Yeah, get more guns. <laughs> that makes everything better. <laughs> I'm a little bit. I have a little bit more faith in humanity than that, but I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Jaren, would you prefer uh, prefer this movie? Oh, absolutely. This is a lot of fun, and it definitely. Uh, I I'm 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 a little embarrassed of myself that I didn't bring it up because it was definitely forefront of my mind as I'm watching it. Is that it does have a a political commentary. It clearly is has a message behind it, even though it's it's wrapping itself in intense, gory, you know, cinematic awesome. But yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, I highly recommend. I like uh, Jason. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you are staunchly against, you know, over the top cartoony violence, I guess. Otherwise, I mean, my mom shouldn't go watch this movie, but everybody <laughs> else should. <laughs> I will say the one point I do enjoy. I would recommend the movie if you are a fan of the series. If you're not, I wouldn't come in. This wouldn't be the entry movie. I would tell you to come in on. From the series, if you're a fan of That's it, uh, if you're not a fan of it, excuse me, if you're a fan of it, 100%. Also, I do enjoy that he hates Mexicans and they should be with their own kind. And his baby's a Mexican now. Moving <laughs> right all along. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to go on to uh, Hidden Gem that I'm glad Jason uh, and Jaron wanted to talk about. It is Jaren Werewolf Within. It is uh, based off, I didn't know, off a video game, but I guess the video game takes place in medieval times. So, but they wrote a screenplay off of that video game, and we got what we got today off of it. Um, look, I'll be first and foremost to just say, like, I these are my type of wheelhouse movies. Like, <laughs> these are my shits. I love horror, but you give me a horror comedy that doesn't take itself too serious, but serious enough that I can actually get involved. I enjoy it. Uh, the gentleman, I think it's um, Josh uh, Rubin, I think is the director. Mm. I mean, I made the fact check that real quick, but uh, but I was talking to Jaron when we were actually discussing parts of it without giving our, giving away our thoughts on the film. I felt like he took all the dope stuff that we enjoy as uh, as people who enjoy film and put it in there. Like I saw Sam Raimi influences, I saw Edgar Wright influences on how it was shot. I saw a lot of things in there. Uh, Wes Anderson, like in this guy's with this, his ability to make this movie that just like tickled me. And I wonder if this was on purpose or homage, homages, or if he just did it because that's the way he films because that's just what he ingrained in himself and with his talent. Regardless of what the fact is, I, I loved every part of that. Uh, I'm gonna leave to talk about a certain woman to YouTube because I already know you guys are gonna have a field day on that. Uh, <laughs> the only negative I had about it was that I wish. It felt twist, twisty-ish just to be twisty-ish. Like, I feel like they were just kind of trying to, oh, this person did it. I mean, I love the whodunits in these horror comedies, but I feel like at this point they were just grasping for straws now. They just throw it in there to make people just go one way or another just to end up where we all knew probably from the after the first 30 minutes who was the, van, uh, who was the werewolf, but they kind of just wanted to keep doing it. So that's the only thing I wish. I didn't need all the twists. It, it was fine the way it was. Just have it be a paranoia thing, like the thing, and then at the end of it, decide to unveil who it was, and then you know do the whole recap they did, and you know like Scooby Doo style. But that is my only thing about it. Only negative I had about it. I thoroughly enjoyed. If you enjoy this genre, you're in for a treat. Uh, Duke of Nerds, what are your thoughts on Werewolf Within? 
Oh, I I thoroughly love this movie. This movie was so much fun. Um, I actually like the little uh, who the the little tricksy uh, twist parts of it. I I really enjoy the fact it's like is is there a werewolf or is it just all these people are just crazy and killing each other off? Like I was actually thrown for a loop and thinking that there wasn't actually a werewolf at by the time they revealed who the werewolf was. I was oh, like, no, I oh, like that about it. I hate like all the. Like, oh, this person did it because, like, they were mad at this person's cousin's baby's mama for having, like, that stuff. I'm like, I could do without it. Like, I like the fact it was, like, is it real or not? But once it got to the point where people just were doing shit just because, I was like, oh, all right, now. Like, (laughs) one guy was actually there to actually hunt werewolves, which was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, uh, Sam Richardson, uh, even though in um, Tomorrow War, he was the token black guy, in this one, he is the token black guy who is just happens to be the main lead. <laughs> and I enjoyed about, I enjoyed his character thoroughly. I enjoyed like his whole arc of, you know, become like, I saw a lot of myself in him. And if anybody probably knows me, like, yeah, that dude is Jason right there, you know? Um, but his character arc as into the man up or whatever. And like, you know, and then at the end where he gives his speech where he's like, no, I'm a nice guy. You know that I'm sorry if I'm trying to be kind to people and wish people a happy day, and that doesn't make me like you know that's just who I am, and I love that little speech. Um, but let's get to the uh, <laughs> to the werewolf in the room, uh, Melania Vantrub, the the AT and T girl. Man, oh man, me and Jaren had some talks about it. I don't want to <laughs> objectify anything, but this is going to be like 15 minutes of me and Jaren objectifying somebody. With all due respect. With all due respect, yes, yes. <laughs> you know she's fucking hot. Like, stop she, it. Oh my <laughs> I mean, in this movie, like the whole court. I mean, I guess it's and, and it's funny because she's playing the quirky uh, pixie dream girl, and like mm-hmm. she's literally playing that, and like she realizes that that was her whole entire stick, and it works for me, man. I was like, hey, let me get switch carriers. <laughs> <laughs> let me check your mail. I'm like, and then in the beginning when he doesn't kiss her, and I'm like, you dumb son of a bitch. Oh my oh, goodness. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to jump through the screen and punch him in the face, but probably a good thing that he didn't. So <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, Girls I have an show- issue with issue, slight issue with that. And I think one day we're gonna have a segment about that. Like for as progressive as Hollywood has become. Like that always bothers me. You never get the brother kissing the cute white woman on the lips as a full out like kiss. They always do like that shit, or they go, "Oh, we could." We're just showing that they love each other and can't, like. I, I it drives me insane, but that's another debate maybe for a nerdy talk. Feel like this movie has a message for us African American men, especially those of us who enjoy this movie. Definitely says. Stay away from the white women. All right? yeah. <laughs> the real ones. It clearly states that. <laughs> Go ahead, Jaron. You, you you tell us how you how you feel. So a couple episodes back, we I brought up a thing where we were talking about story, and I said there uh, there's a severe lack of of the middle movie. There's there's like small indie kind of things, and then there's blockbusters, and we lost that in between. This I think is a definition of what I think we're missing in Hollywood. It is uh, well acted, well like great story. I thought it was fun. The who I love whodunits. I love things like that. So. Uh, I might be the only one here that was thrown for a loop when she turned out to be the werewolf. I honestly thought that was 
I didn't I didn't see it coming. And maybe I it's because I don't watch enough of these movies. Until the very end. Until the, I was like, yeah. they got back to the thing, and now it's like... Oh, yeah. yeah. At, the point, at one point, they were like, maybe he's the killer. And right. I was like, oh, maybe he's the killer, because he was at the other places where people have died. He's brand new to the town. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, um, I, uh, uh, yeah. Milana is... I've loved her ever since live Prude Girls on YouTube back in like 2010 and 11. That she is hilarious. She, uh, you know, was always trying to be a, a comedian. She did a lot of stand up and stuff. So the fact that she's cashing those AT and C checks, I totally respect her. But it lets her probably, you know, feel more comfortable about going out and and you know being in movies like this where she's probably not getting the biggest paycheck, but she's probably having a lot of fun doing it. Um, this also, you know, th- there's a lot of, I, I don't want to say it's like liberal media bias or whatever, but you definitely have the biggest douchebags in this movie being, they'd be on the bad side of the purge. That whole, that whole, I think I, I, I filmed it and sent it to you guys, that whole thing where he uh, salutes him as a mail carrier and he does it with his left hand. He's like, ooh, never the left. He's like, yeah, fuck the left. I like this guy. <laughs> Not what I meant. Because that's it. That's uh, that's exactly how people are. Because like yeah. the whole flag codes is like you don't wear the flag as a shirt yet. People meanwhile, do it. meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. Like I respect the flag, and you know, t-shirts and, yeah. and board shorts yeah. with, his the flag on. with his left hand, and he's like, mm, no, not the left. Never the left. <laughs> that's, not how you, that's not how you do it. <laughs> but uh, uh, this the the setting was great. The cast of characters in it were all equally ridiculous and fun. And it was just a, it, it was like a, I like this better than Knives Out. And Knives Out kind of had a similar vibe to it. That's a, that's a very strong. I enjoyed, I enjoyed I that. I love Knives Out. I yeah, don't, Knives Out's hmm. great. And I'm excited for the sequel slash not sequel. I'm not sure if they're just following the same character or if it's a direct sequel, but I know that that, that uh, inspector is a storied character that I, I, he's been in multiple books or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this I, I I I thought this this hit everything right for me. I dug it, uh, and she is you're right, she's absolutely fucking adorable, and also beautiful and sexy all at the same time. Like it's, she's yeah, <laughs> and her little snow all pants running right. around. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, only reason I, I mean I watch a bunch of these horror comedies, and once they did the Who Done It, I'm like, either the, the the main character or the first one one person the main character really hits it off with. It usually always is that way in a horror yeah. comedy because that's part of the comedic part. Is they're like you? I thought we like you know. It's probably it's probably my bias is why I didn't think it was her to begin with because I was like it can't be her. She's just too adorable and sweet. And she's like that's what I do. I'm adorable and sweet. Right. You don't believe it's me. Yep. <laughs> but right. I'm really a huge bitch and I'm gonna eat you now. <laughs> right, right. No girl like that actually exists. And I'm like thank you. Yes, yeah. No like, one likes this actually exists. This is not. I am not a real person. It's like, yeah. oh, there goes my hopes for a love life ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaron, would you recommend this movie? Highly recommend. Uh, and definitely, I mean, this is a low budget kind of an indie project for the most part. So if you can, you can find it in a scenario where you can buy it, support them by getting the Blu-ray or or renting it or whatever. Uh, don't. This is a movie I'd recommend you don't steal or find through various channels. I recommend like supporting the art in this regard. Give him a couple bucks. Right. Duke of Honors, do you uh, yeah. recommend this? Must watch. It's definitely something that people who like to watch movies should watch. It is a great one. It, 
probably won't be a classic or, you know, they're not going to be on the top hundred list of great movies all time, but it will probably be someone's favorite movie somewhere. So this is the kind of movie where you're dating somebody new and you, you've talked about your taste in movies and it's like, you just, you come across it like on your, in your Blu-ray collection. You're like, Oh my God, have you ever heard of this? This is what we're watching. And it's a great thing that everybody enjoys. Yeah. And if they don't like it, then you can dump them because Uh, they're terrible. (laughs) <laughs> tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, uh, I definitely recommend it. I'll keep an eye on Josh Rubin. Uh, if he's making more movies like this, then I definitely want to be a part of that for sure. Uh, let's go and jump to our last movie that we are reviewing, and that is Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Oh, all right. Um, I'm gonna go last here, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn the floor over to Jaren. Um, I know Jaren, you haven't watched any of this but just an idea what do you think this movie was like so uh i talked to some other people that are are animation fans i've talked to jason number a not i'm gonna try not to talk about anything that you and i talked about because you're here and you can talk about it yourself um but (laughs) everything i've heard about it uh i think i think summed up when i when i ultimately after the the guy that i was talking to he finished what he was saying about it it sounded like that in PlayStation One era, they got the the full motion video sections of a PlayStation One game with better animation, rigging, and acting than they did in this 2001 like motion picture that was specifically for you to watch from beginning to end. So, uh, if you can fuck up that incredibly hard. Uh, I'm almost like, good job. I don't know. Well played. (laughs) A lot of people had to fall down on the fucking job, apparently, for this thing to come out the way it did. (laughs) All right, Duke of Honors, your thoughts? So, um, why'd y'all make me watch this? (laughs) That's on me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you, because this wasn't originally on our list, and then we put it on a list. Um, This was horrible. This was... It was a pain to watch. The animation is stiff. The uh, voice acting is poor. The uh, character models look like a bad PS2 game uh, from PS. I I will give it PS2, not PS1, but PS2. Um, The most annoying thing is they have a country in this uh, show called, uh, what was it called? Pan Nam. Uh, mm-hmm. Pan Nam Stan, Pan Nam Stan, mm-hmm. Stan. Yeah, yeah every time they say it, I'm like, the name of this country literally makes no sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it sounds the dumbest. Like, y'all could have gone back to the drawing board and and come up with a better name for a country in the Middle East because it is just like, like every time they said it, it said it, it seems like they were just trying to make fun of a Middle Eastern country or something like that, or or like. <laughs> I, I like I it was just, it was grating and I watched two episodes of this and it was so bad and I don't want to watch any more episodes please don't make me do it like it's, <laughs> like there are people who are in art school right now who are day one on Maya who could do better <laughs> like they are learning how to, to to move around boxes in in 3ds Max and they could do better. In this, there are you know people who are at, <laughs> there are people who who are serving tables 
who are better actors than the people who got voice acting on this. Mm. It's just horrible. And also Resident Evil sucks, so let's go with that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the oh. only thing good about Resident Evil is the video games, and that's it. Anytime they make something for us as non-playable, it's it's terrible. And this is just another steaming pile of dog shit. Human, no, not dog shit. Human shit. Human shit. Not not zombie dog shit. <laughs> no. And there it is. You you hit it right on the head, man. Um, look here, man. Why why we why, why are we pretending here? Like like let's just have a real conversation for a moment here on two things. The first we want to have a real conversation about is like Resident Evil video game stories ain't that good either. No. It, it's just the action and the events that go on as you as a playable character that are fun and enjoyable. So why in the God's green earth do we think that the, a movie made off the video games is going to be good? Because the storylines ain't good in the video games. The second thing, we've seen a live action. If you can't get live action right <laughs> after you, seven attempts, what the fuck do we thought they was going to do with animation? It, it, like, like, like it, It's almost to the point that it's insulting that we're saying this is a bad movie because you know what? Kick me in my dick once, I probably should say, hey, I'm going to put my hand down. <laughs> Kick me in my dick twice, I just now just like getting kicked in the dick. Because this is what we're doing here. Seven <laughs> movies, bad stories in video games, and we was like, hey, you know what? This anime series on Netflix, boy, we may get we may get it. No, we're going to get it. We're going to get kicked in the nuts again. That's what we're going to get. <laughs> we didn't got it done already. Like it, When I watched it, I literally watched it and said, this is about right for Resident Evil. <laughs> and my wife comes down and goes, hold on, but what's going on? I said, eh, you asking questions about something that the writers don't even know the answers to. They don't know the answers to <laughs> like, what's they, going on. Yeah, no, no idea. No idea. No idea. And then halfway through the movie, I didn't even know what the hell was going on. Like, how episode, because you got it to episode two, how episode two ended, I was like, hold on, why did they, and then they started, and she started shooting. And then I said, what? why do I care? Because obviously Resident <laughs> Evil writers didn't care. They just yeah. put it on there and said, take this. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, come on, guys. Like, at this point, uh, if, go if ahead. zombies attack the White House, why are you still in the White House? <laughs> like, they're not going to go back to work the next day at the White House if there are zombies in the White House. And then Leon Kennedy has the audacity to go, well, is this the T-virus? I don't know. Like, what other, are there other zombie viruses out there? Is there, are there other, like, <laughs> like so there, other there, ways there, to there make are zombies? other ones, because I guess the one that he experienced in, what, three or four wasn't technically the T-virus, because those guys three. weren't really zombies. They were something. So that's why he asked it. But even to that point, you're correct. You can look at the guys that he fought and was like, oh, those guys are infected and off it. And you know what zombies look like from Resident Evil 2. They don't look anything the same. They don't move anything the same. They don't yeah. respond the same way. So, yes, him asking that is a dumbass question because of anybody in that room, he has the most experience with the two different forms that were roaming around at the time to his knowledge. It's all incalculable. It's all stupidity. It's basically the worst shit ever. And I've never seen a movie make me hate characters I like so much. <laughs> I hated Leon Kennedy in here. And they he's try to justify to be like, oh, he's changing. That's why, because I don't like you in that suit. No, Claire, you fucking suck too. You are terrible <laughs> as well, Claire. It is no reason why you're this terrible as well. And then Adwin, you became a damsel in distress, and you were a main character that survived two encounters. Wasn't one of them with um stars? What's the guy's name? Nemesis. Didn't she yeah. survive? That wasn't that was wasn't it Claire or Jill? I thought that was Claire in that one. Regardless and of it, Resident, you Resident Evil Three was Claire and Jill. Yeah, was she in Code Veronica or? 
I think Veronica. I don't know about that. I stopped playing about them, but I know the last <laughs> one I played was Nemesis. Game. Yeah, yeah. I played the last one I played was Nemesis. But point is, is that Claire has been an efficient video game killer when we all had the joysticks. But for some reason, in this movie, this chick was a dimwit. And the movie sets it up as if the things from Resident Evil 1 and 2 and all that have happened because they mentioned yeah. about Leon saving the and president's four. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. One, so, two, three, and four. <laughs> how are you just a jackass, terrible fighter now? You know what? Why am I getting mad? Because what can I say again? We've been kicked in the dick seven times. <laughs> you should have seen the this dick more about it. Yeah. So why am I mad about this? I'm not mad about this. I'm just going to say, guys, this is Resident Evil. This is what Resident Evil is going to be. This is what it is. And this is what I'll... only thing this makes me upset about is that by the same <laughs> comparison, the Final Fantasy uh, live action we talked about should suck too. Because you know yeah. what? Final Fantasy has sucked in all its incarnations too when it's <clears> tried to do it outside of the video games. So... I should now relate this review, and I'm just going to cut and paste when Final Fantasy probably comes out. And every time I say Resident Evil, just make my lips say Final Fantasy, and it'd be the same goddamn review for me now at this point. So, I, I, yeah, I'm over it. Uh, I already know from my words, you already know what I'm going. I am not recommending this unless you like getting kicked in the dick. If you love that shit, then this is right there for you, man. My biggest question is, like, what is the Umbrella Corporation's, like, business plan? Like, what, 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 what are they... Like, what are they trying to do? <laughs> virus, no the cure. Yeah, but if everybody's dead... They're, they're big pharma. Well, they fucked up. Yeah, but they keep, like, double-downing on their fuck-up. Like, they just right. keep making it worse. Like, right? Like, they just keep making it worse. Especially in the movies, they just keep, like, oh, let's just keep fucking it up. And, yeah. and, like, they even got, like, half of their freaking executives killed. Or most of their executives killed. Like, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? Like, I understand an evil corporation. Like, you know, Amazon's even corporation to make the workers not take piss breaks and shit. But yeah. generally, they still want to keep everybody else alive to sell their products to. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't have anybody. Yeah, otherwise you don't. And like your stockholders, you know, who aren't a part of the corporation, like you want them alive because you want to make them money because they give you more money and you get more money that way. Like, did anybody in the Umbrella Corporation go to college, like, to study no. business at all? No. <laughs> Community. Community college, <laughs> classes. They, they named a company Umbrella, so no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Look, y'all yeah. don't need to watch this. I don't need to watch <laughs> this. This no go. Just it's dumb. It's it's beyond dumb. But they haven't and made it. They haven't made a Resident Evil movie or show yet because I can guarantee you none of these have ever had a sequence where somebody very slowly, meticulously finds a yellow uh, card, <laughs> a blue card, and a red access card, and then like a little gem. And like a weird figure out a puzzle, and <laughs> they had to open a door with yeah, yeah, and, and that some plants in the movie, so. <laughs> to make to make you know healing stuff out of. They never had like one bowl yeah, <laughs> rolling up. <laughs> also, I'm more offended that Jaren suggested this, and his ass ain't even watch it. I feel like this was yeah, a sabotage. Fuck you, Jaren. <laughs> Me and Jason are on to you, Jaren. This was fucking sabotage. This well, joke was on, like, yo, yeah, yo. Resident Evil guys, get on First. it. First and fucking foremost, look back at that group text because I just said the name and I said thoughts. Nobody responded with thoughts. Yeah, because you were like, it's on. Like, you knew that we would just jump on top of this and be like, oh, let's go watch it because he said thoughts and we got to have thoughts on it. So we got to go watch it to have thoughts. No, like thoughts. Are we going to talk about it on the show? That's, Next that's time I see you, Jaron, you're getting yeah. knuckles. We, sounds like, we know what it is now. We know what the plan is. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. Again, remember to share this, like, subscribe, everywhere Head Cannon Circus is. That's Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, 
Apple playlists, Google playlists, everything around the whole world. Headcanon Circus is everywhere. Let's go on and jump into our last and final segment, Talk Nerdy to Me, where we discuss things in the nerdosphere and have a real good conversation with it. And this one, I guess, will be even more blurby than actually nerdy because um, a topic for today is what makes a black movie a black movie versus what is a movie with black people in it? So I guess I guess we can start with a token on this one. Let's go ahead and see what he thinks. Let's go ahead and start it off. Jaren. So. Yeah. Use I your mean, words bro, wisely. Look, Jesus. Jaron had the best top three list because he had all the sisters in it. So I feel like at this point, we need him to fuck up just a little bit so we can redeem ourselves. So uh oh God, what what Jesus man? Uh if I had to uh, if this is because I, I didn't know we were I didn't know we were gonna be A, I didn't know I was going first. I also didn't know we were gonna be like like defining it right off the rip. Um oh, my throat's dry, it's weird. Um <laughs> I guess I guess the main difference is would be an all black cast versus a cast that has a black protagonist or <laughs> Yeah, black protagonist, but then otherwise it's a racial mixture. I think that would be a black, like, I, I don't know, like, I've never seen a Medea movie. Are there a lot of white people in Medea movies? Well, Are there any white? Medea. So Medea, Medea. Medea, Medea. I still ain't seen but, either one of them. I mean, I, the I, only I reason I, I correct you is because people, you know, the Tyler Perry got the Medea character from other people's actual Medeas and grandmothers and what have you. So there's that is an actual thing. I never had a Medea. I don't. I, I can't speak for Jason. Uh, no, I, I, I never had that shit either. You know, I just call my my grandparents, grandma and grandpa, just like any other normal person. But you know, other people. Oh. Have, I know there are people who have had Medea. So it's like a cultural nickname yeah. for a grandparent or a like older a, like, older woman who of uh, older family friend, um, yeah. a matriarchal f- figure. I got you, but, like a Mima or a Papa or one of those. Mima or Papa, but a Medea. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> Learn something new every yes. day. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, don't, we don't know movies. if it's white it, folks it in movies. Are there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are there? Yeah. So, know. like, if you have, like, a solid, like, an all-black cast, I'd say it's a black movie. If you well, have... We were talking about this, because right. Denzel Washington can be the only black dude in the movie, and that'd be a black movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I was disagreeing gently. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because like uh, like I brought up uh Inside Man. I uh, that's not a black movie. It's a it's a bank robbery movie that just and Denzel just just happens to be the main character. Yes. And Spike uh Lee Spike just Lee. happens to direct it. Directed. Happened to be the director. Yep. I mean, if I can go ahead and and steal the spotlight here, there yep, Jason please. uh and Jaren. Uh you know, when I was watching The Werewolf Within, that's when when the question really came up to me. It's like you know, this movie is starring a black guy, and uh, you know they—it's not just like in a lot of other movies that have black people in them. You know, they don't really make you know race ever like he's just—it could have been any other character, like any other uh, race of person, and you know it probably wouldn't have made any big of a difference. But in this, in Where Within, they actually like he immediately gets like a little bit of a microaggression. When the lady's like, "Oh, you can put this on your Kwanzaa tree or whatever," and he's like, "That's not a thing." <laughs> so, like, at that point, to me, that character, 
even though there are not any other black characters in it, because they made like a, a comment about his race, to me, that made it a black movie. <laughs> and then also the, the uh, you know, kind of the, as we said earlier, the subject matter is stay away from them white women. <laughs> <laughs> and well, like, I was thinking to myself, like, he had a very beta kind of temperament to him, but he did, yeah. he did lay down the law when it came to things that mattered. Yeah. Such as, like, he always said something, but it was, yeah. it was, yeah. So like, in my mind, like, you know, honest, although I understand like, you know, why these characters were the races that they were um because they were in a small you know northern town you know it was most likely going to be all white people like you know it it in my move in my mind like if we had replaced these characters kept everything the same replaced these characters with black people would this movie have resonated the same way to other audiences that weren't black people is that does that make any sense to you guys like if right, we had right, replaced right. everybody with, you know, like, you know, crazy old, if Medea had been there instead of like the old lady with the dog, you know, right, right. <laughs> you right. Know, what, That's the question. Cause like those people, some of the characters in this movie are <clears throat> stereotypical, like, um, they're stereotypes. Yeah. You know, but you can also have those same stereotypes, but change them to be, you know, more and then it's like to me it's like if you like if there hadn't been more people of color in this like you know maybe two or three would that have been a black movie or would this still just be you know i mean it's just like and this and also what the thing is like i want to see more movies like this starring people of color like this is probably the first like who done it in my mind that the main character is a black guy like unless right. y'all can think of anything off the top of y'all's head, I mean the like, joke is always that that guy never like, survives these, right? So <laughs> yeah, they never survive. So to make your protagonist one, you're you're making a statement right there. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, I I enjoy the fact that you know he wasn't just an interchangeable like person. Like his race did matter into this in this movie, even though it was only like really one line. If not right. a couple of other, uh, other yeah, things, it, it definitely brought out and highlighted some of the more conservative members of that that yeah. uh, community. The fact that he was black and it, it yeah. and it, and it, was, it probably it always, would not have made sense if he was another right, just race, a right white guy or yeah. And like uh, that's kind of like the, the stories that I, I wish we were being told, where it's like it's not about the person's race, but his race is a factor to the character. Is that right. that makes it's like so it's not like oh he's growing up in the ghetto living in you know the ghetto life or you know he's growing up and, and there's all these races around him but you know he's still a black man in America you know right. and he, but he's dealing with werewolves right <laughs> you know? like right. a scenario where like everything's fairly you know it, it it say it's a romantic comedy right has nothing to do with race at all but your protagonist is a black person and at some point they get pulled over by the police and there's kind of a white knuckle nervousness that is just different that yeah. I think it would be like, that's just the reality of the world we live in it, but it's not going to be the whole movie. It's not going to be the whole movie. Yeah. Right. right. So um, like, go ahead, Jason, you, go, finish you know, go ahead, Jason, you, you got, you, you seem like you got some thoughts. So you gotta, you gotta get off your chest. Yeah. So you go ahead. <laughs> well, no, cause I, I think well, when you first posed this question, like I already had my answer ready and but yeah, this is what, and so I want to say 
I think the biggest difference, so a black movie for me. So it has changed over time. I think initially when you would say to somebody a black movie, it's kind of where Jaron was going. Majority black cast, the lead is black, the the interest or the opposing faction is either an oppressor that's not black or an oppressor that is black, but it is it relates to the struggle, but the cast is majority black. And I think a movie with black people in it is I think like werewolf within. He's a black person in that movie, but doesn't make it a black black movie because nothing about that presumes or promotes blackness as a thing. It just happens that he's a character that's black uh, in my mind, in my eyes. Where and that's what we talked about because before appreciate we were talking about the Denzel thing. I think now over time we've evolved to. A black movie now in my eyes is if you have a black lead and that leads, and let's just call a spade a spade, the the stereotypical charisma and flavor that a black person brings is into that character being put on screen. I consider now in this new age of diversity, because now they're going to try to mix every movie up a little bit now, it's a black movie. So... A, a common example, a, a example of it for me, is Get Out. Get Out's a black movie to me, yeah. Because without the flavor of him being a black male, uh, even I mean, just think about it. The beginning of the movie, it's like, hey, do your parents know I'm black? Like, and they're like, oh, why does it matter? But but like his black swag, his feel. I mean, even playing Childish Gambino, Redbone, it's a whole cultural mm. feel to that that makes it. So even going to your point, Inside Man. Denzel, you don't cast Denzel unless you're trying to get black swag in your movie. So almost every movie Denzel in, if he's the lead, that is a black movie to me because you didn't cast Denzel to be a square. You cast Denzel because you wanted some dude with swag, charisma, and he promotes and presents that blackness on the screen. There's a reason why you don't see Denzel kissing white women. There's a reason why you don't see Denzel like, and this is something he deliberately does. He won't do it. Yeah, he won't do it. Like, I think it was supposed to be him and Julia Roberts was supposed to kiss in the movie, and he was like able to portray his black woman audience, and he refused to do it. Hmm. So, for me, anything Denzel's in is, and he's the lead, it's a black movie because he goes into it with the intention that this character is a black man doing whatever situation, not just, oh, this is a character in the situation, he just happens to be black. He's like, nah, like, I'm gonna be, you know, you with that Denzel swag, that Denzel look. You know, everybody knows because all comedians can imitate it. He does the same kind of grift in almost all the movies, just with a little bit of change to be like, that's a little different. But all that grifting he does is for black people in the audience. We're now going to a black person in the movie. I feel like why I say the werewolf then is not is because they pretty much almost try to wash away anything except for that comment that identified him as black. In, in, in the stereotypical sense of the culture. Yeah, but it's also in stereotypical it's, sense. That's what I'm thinking. Like, because when they, right, but, he's not a stereotypical black man. He's not. Like, but, he's presented as the, a, you know, if you see a lot of black dudes in, 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 in movies, they kind of like the same, in the same role, kind of the same sort of mold. You know, there's a lot of variety in that mold, but they're, Kind of the same dude, and well, I would say Sam Richardson this, ain't that dude. But well, I would say I <laughs> and would he's still a black man, and that's, well, that's I, I would go as it, far as going, and I agree with you too. But I would say I would go as far as even a black guy in that role 
being out there with a bunch of white folks it makes every black guy, no matter where you grew up, how you grew up, and your experiences, be a little sketchy. He yeah. was in that motherfucker like white folks was the best thing since sliced bread. Like, I mean, not dissing. He was, him, he was a little like, sketched out. Come on, let's get it. He was a little bit like only about the dude with the guns after he didn't read their sign about the guns. Like that was the only time he was sketched out. Because I mean, let's be real. But he's also a nice like, guy. That was his thing. And I get that, but even the nice guys can get sketched out. Like, like even like the member when homeboy drives on his souped up pickup and he's all about that. They're like, oh no, stay and watch this show. Man, every black person in America would be like, fuck that. You're not going to have me out with these crazy-ass white folks. You're tripping, bro. And you had to keep it moving. He was like, okay, see what goes on. Like, it, it was a very, almost to the point that, again, if you didn't make the Kwanzaa comment, they pretty much were, like, downplaying any part of the cultural relevance of being black in a small town, which, again, every black person experiences some part of being black in a small town, especially being new, being black in a small town. They kind of just made that as if it wasn't a thing thing. And even like you said, one even slip of a comment by him would have been enough to be like, okay, at least they're acknowledging like this is a he's a black guy with a per in a position of power on a white neighborhood, and he's a new guy. Ain't no black dude I had somebody said, Well, I'm nice. That's why I just this just happens to be cool. Like, no. That 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 role was written for just anybody to do, which I appreciate. And they cast a black lead written for anybody to do, and that's why I love it. But it, it, it has nothing to do with blackness. It's just, it, it's any guy. But it, I'm luckily enough, I'm glad he got the opportunity to play the role. And like Jaren said in the review, please go see the movie. Please pay for it. Because that can, because the first thing they'll say is, oh, well, a guy, a leading black guy don't make money. And yeah, you gave him, the, you know, this B movie to be in. And then you're going to say it don't make no money. So now we can't cast any more black leads in it because it just wouldn't make money. So, but anyway, um. I don't know. That's my thoughts on the black movie thing. Like, I think you have to bring part of the, I, I hate to say the black mystique, but some of the black cultural with it. And wherever the black culture goes with it, I consider it at this point a black movie. If there's no cultural blackness in it, then it's just a movie with a black person in it. Well, okay. So when you say cultural blackness, are you talking about American cultural blackness? Because uh, Black Panther it had an African cultural awareness, but it, it didn't have like mean streets of Brooklyn, you know. I mean, well, uh, Killmonger, Killmonger is black. Yeah, and there are definitely like, dudes that feel like Killmonger in yeah. Lawrenceville, let alone in Oakland. <laughs> well, right, even, even the black. He was the antagonist. I'm talking about the protagonist. But even the black, the black experience with Black Panther, the the beginning scene of that movie is nothing but black mythology right like african mythology like that that's all the 12 tribes that is all like black mythology in africa that a lot of, if you talk a lot of the five percenters and one percent they all will tell you that same story that's a varying degrees not as much as marvel kind of <laughs> marvelized it but to the degree of it so that, that that even that experience for him is such even the experience or the thought process of having the cultural different cultures, you know, for the fight when he goes to ascend the Black Panther, having the different cultures there with the different styles, the different looks, the different that's all part of the experience to the point, like we talk about not a monolith, but different kind of thought processes, whatever. Um, Black Panther is a black movie. Like you can't, I know it's funny because we're saying Black Panther, so you can't, but but you cannot have that move story be told without blackness being involved because of the culture of that character, where it resides. How it's you know performed any thought processes of uh, how he views the world 
the isolationist okay. view. That is a whole black thing. I mean, Jason will tell you with so many black people that feel like we should only have our own communities. We shouldn't mingle with anybody else. We shouldn't let you in here and we should just run our own stuff and the rest of the world stay out unless we're trading for money. Other than that, fuck off. Like that's a very huge black perspective like that. Also with Black Panther, that movie's gonna be black no matter what they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what, what's also basically the thing is like a lot of quote unquote black movies kind of have, with a very few exceptions, kind of have pigeonholed into a certain set of genres. And that's probably mm-hmm. where I find it, you know, disappointing. And that's why I like this movie so much, because you know, we have this black protagonist in this situation that we normally don't have black characters in. And right. mostly because we'd be like, oh, this shit's sketch as fuck. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so black movies. If I were to think of black movies at the top of my head, the first one I think of is Boys in the Hood. That had a oh, huge impact that on too. me. <laughs> That's the first one you think of off the top of your head. Second <laughs> one I think of is The Fridays. I mean, right. Friday, next Friday, Friday after next. And they next have a, a common theme. Right. And, both and, those and, and a setting and a character archetypes, although one is a lot more serious than the other, obviously. But um, I still cry about Boys in the Hood, but that's oh, that is, that is it's a hard it's a hard watch. I saw that movie when I was in second grade, man. That, yeah. that movie, I saw that in theaters with my parents right, <laughs> as a right. child. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's spoke, I, I saw it when I was too young. It spoke truths to me that I didn't. I was still very sheltered with regard to some of the things. Never lived in a big city like that. It was big. It was it was intense. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but then yeah, those. So I, I worry that when people, specifically Jason, when you're talking about like there's a, a swagger and energy or a thing or a blackness, um, a lot of set of blacks like cinema scenarios where it's about like black stories, they want to tell a story that's true and they want to tell something that's that's true to them. So they'll talk about like things in inner city. But I know. So many black kids that grew up in suburbs that would never be like that. They just they, that's not just not how they act, but they are 100 percent black. But they're they're just, you know, they didn't grow up scrambling for everything and 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 doing the best they could with what they had, which was not enough. So they're fundamentally a different, there's a different energy, different, different vibe, and they would react differently in a movie, depending on the situation. I guess that's- um, I, I I agree with Jared in a little in a, in a way too because uh, as my mom would always say you know black people come from everywhere right we and and we get and it has been a sort of thing that we only get to see the stories from either the inner city part of the thing or thing or it's you know nowadays we're getting you know more you know black wealth movies but it's usually dealing with infidelity or some other family dramas or something like that and it's not. There's no sci-fi or fantasy or anything like that, or even like well, the exception of like Get Out and, and Us, which still deals with a lot of black trauma. There's not really any horror either, unless it's dealing with, you know, white people. <laughs> you know, so right. like that's that's what this I was like thinking about in this movie that was so refreshing was that you know it is a different style of genre that you know we haven't been a part of yet. So, and I was and then that made me think about like. What I mean, they did a, uh, a remake of Four Weddings and a Funeral, starring like I think it was like Martin Lawrence and and um, a whole bunch of other. Oh, black you mean, uh, death of death the funeral, death of the family, Chris Rock? Or something like that. Chris yeah, Rock? I, I, I I can't remember who else, but like it was a remake, 
And I don't know if it did very well, but like, you know, even though it it was a remake of a of a movie that was already had you know white people in it, like where are more movies like that? <laughs> you know, I don't think that did very well. But it's like it did. I mean, like the whole mystery genre thing. It's just like, why wasn't this like, you know, the cast like a hundred percent black or not even a hundred percent or like just two more black people in it? Why why can't we have like movies like that? And if we did right. put two more black people in it or or even the whole cast of black people in it, if we're not dealing with those subject matters of, oh, they in the ghetto, oh, you know, some racist shit's going on, would this movie still be, you know, would this have, been, would it, I mean, just because all the people in the, are this and they are black, is this a black movie? And it's like, yeah, because they're all their own black, but then no, because only time we see black movies is when they're giving us this slavery shit and all the other stuff. So, Right. I don't know. That's why, like, well, I, I was say to 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 the, the the genre conversation of um, well, I know you know black people that don't live in the blah, blah blah. Like, let's if we're gonna if we're gonna talk outliers and it, it, that that's a hard conversation to have in this conversation. That the people that you may know, Jaren, they are the minority of the black experience, not the majority. Um, more black people are going to experience some form of racism or some kind of fear of what black people would experience in America in their lives and live in the suburbs and all of a sudden be like, I've met a few. And they're like, oh, we, we live much everybody and we never experienced racism and blah, blah, blah. Do I doubt that? Yes. I just think sometimes they just didn't know that was going on because they had I this never security no and feeling. No yeah, I never said I, they I met, didn't experience racism. That, that was, yeah, I met two or three. They were like, they haven't done it because they lived in a small town. Anyway, the point being is that they were, they're the minority of it. And even again, I said, if you even were to delve into their history, they probably would have it. I think, like I said before, I think the black movie is evolving now. That's what I'm saying. The points of someone in there with the quote unquote stereotypical blackness that's making the character more rounded or more fleshed out. I consider a black movie now because we're not getting the King and Ivory Waynes and Robert Townsend's and God rest his soul, John Singleton type of movies anymore. And out of those oh, movies yeah. that we are getting like that, they're going straight to DVD, straight to streaming, or they're not coming out in the major. So you said, oh, boys, to, uh, you know, boys, um, boys in the hood. That made it got a major release. I can't name you the uh, the first, I mean, a uh, black movie similar to any ilk that we're talking about of some kind of, like like, like uh, Jason said, that isn't the tropial black experience that's got a major release like they, they just don't do it so for me i say the the mold has adopted and changed because now if your movie doesn't have enough diversity people kill you oh how does the movie take place in new york and ain't got black like it, they kill you now so now i feel like hollywood's new move is well let's cast a black person to blackify the movie to make this like get it some more flavor get it some more soul what are the bigger things i look at like look at from Bad Boys 1 to Bad Boys 3, Bad Boys 1, even though made by white people, feels like a real black movie, like back in that era. You got two black leads, mess around with Latino dudes, a white chief, a white girl running around here that they trying to stay away from. Like it, It's all just, and all the jokes are just straight up blackness. Then you get the Bad Boys 3, and it's like, oh no, these are still black people, but you know, this is just, we're just, we're living off their charisma. The, the black yeah. effect of it. I think that's the difference between the old school black movie where you, again, boys boys in the hood, menace of society, blah, 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 oh, to this new age, I think, of black people <laughs> where, yeah, you put in the black person and you let blackness 
blockify the movie, even though you have a diverse cast walking around, unlike, quote unquote, like you said, the traditional ones. And that's why I said now I feel like if you're casting someone to blackify your movie, it's a black movie because a good portion, a good reason, black people will go see it because it. Bad Boys 3 made a bunch of money because those two leads were in it and the black people were like, we got to go see this. It's our people's. Denzel, when he come out, usually makes a bunch of money. You know why? Because black people see it and go, oh, Denzel, our man, we got to go see it. Like, if you're casting it with the point of getting a black dollar, you're probably blackifying your movie to get that. And that's what, for me, it's like, oh, this is a black movie because we're going to run with this now. I mean, hell, Training Day, Denzel's one of the biggest movies. The other lead is a white dude. The chicken nah. is Latino. Like, but that to me, <laughs> that's a black movie. You're like, playing in Latino. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. We also talked about, like, Book of Eli and, I mean, you know, Book Eli, uh, that that that's why I said it. I was like, y'all like, no, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, Ugh. I, I mean, a lot of black people didn't see Book Eli. They were there for that. What about <laughs> uh, uh, Fallen? Remember that? I love Fallen. Oh man, yeah, that Fallen was great. Oh, with the the, the, the spirit possession <laughs> the, movie yeah. that was jumping around, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That might have that might have scared people off because we don't like to deal with no angels and ghosts and shit. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jason, basically, what you're saying, if I want to get me a fantasy movie off the ground, a black fantasy movie, I need to star Denzel Washington, Martin Lawrence, mm -hmm. and Will Smith. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. You got, you got another you get black it. guy. <laughs> and then I mean, yeah, yeah, Serenity, Serenity did it well. You, you had Shepard Book and you had Zoe. So, you know. Yeah, but the main character was still Nathan Fillion. And like 95% of the cat, they are definitely side characters in that that movie right and then like i said zoe <laughs> didn't do she's not she a black, strong black woman yeah, yeah yeah she was a black strong black woman like so it's just she she was that she was a black person in that movie like they didn't have to worry about her Rest like she wasn't and, yeah 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 like <laughs> but she, she wasn't also she it up yeah she wasn't like out of control or Damn, you know, she, that's whack <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was she was, no, you're right. She was, she was a soldier. She, she if anything, she was better at, at understanding like rank and everything than even Mal. Yeah, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, no, mean, she definitely is a black person in the movie. Like she kept that. She kept those her. people on that ship alive multiple times in that series. Was it a Gina her, Torres? Her I think is her real name. Yeah, Gina Torres. Yeah, She's she was great. She was great in suits too. Oh, I've never even watched Suits. Ain't that where the, the princess is from? Or she was on that show too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Markle's from from Suits. Mm -hmm. You know, looking. Like, yeah, I've never even watched the show, man. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only reason <laughs> I was not a guy with a, photo, a photographic memory that uh, fakes his way into becoming a lawyer. I just don't understand why he needs to go to law school. It's like if you can do that. He does, he he does it like season four or five. <laughs> After they find out, like, we'll just make you go to law school. That's fine. Yeah, you're you're a good lawyer. Night. Go get the degree because you can do yeah. it. Obviously, because yeah. he's <laughs> white, Jason. That's why I don't make him go to law school. I mean, that's why. The, that's why the suits never made sense to me. It's like you do. You could have got into law school, man. They would have let you oh, in. I don't think he'd have to go to law school. I think he could just take the bar. Yeah, just walk up in there and yeah, be like, "Hey, that test." Well, my <laughs> where does where does suits take place at? Does it take place in California, New York City? Oh, yeah. dude, so yeah, he definitely would have to take the bar at that point. So then Cali, you can do like some internship type of stuff, and then uh, it doesn't matter. It was completely oh, we don't want off completely off the rails on that one. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, final thoughts: black black movie versus movie, movie with black people in it. Jaren, your final thoughts. I like that we had to have a discussion about this, and there was no real definition. I think that the the genre 
of a quote unquote black movie is evolving. And I think that it's, I like that the lines are blurring and there isn't a definitive example of that that's come out in the last like, I don't know, eight years. I like that the, I like that the reality is black and white people are everywhere. So, and, and Asian people and, and Hispanic people. So if you have a movie that happens to deal with a progressive city, chances are there's going to be folk of all walks and ilk in it. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem weird. It just seems more reminiscent and mirroring of normalcy, at least from my perspective. So I'm all for it. And I'm excited for there to be a romantic comedy that stars a black guy and a black girl at some point that is mainstream and is it is just a romantic comedy that's written well and acted well and it just happens to start two black people. I don't know. Romantic comedies are kind of toxic. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the. I mean, yeah, that, that comes down to the writer, but sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, Duke of all nerds. Final thoughts. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, slightly agree with Jaron, and and I'm glad that the uh, it is involving the story is involving. I mean, it's mostly because people want more money, but um, I just for me hope that we can uh, branch out into more in genres and still them have be black movies, but also be black movies that other people see that aren't just black people because that's how we make money. Is that everybody needs to see these movies? <laughs> so like, even if it is a quote unquote black movie that you know it's still, you know, resonate enough to other audiences that they can see it as well and not feel Absolutely. like they need that to be a certain race of person to see this movie. And not just but, start yeah. Denzel or Will, or Will Smith. And not just start just star Denzel or Will Smith. <laughs> and give uh, everybody I mean, yeah. else some other time in the sun. <laughs> yeah, again, like I said, I think, and I think I've probably found the perfect way to phrase what I was trying to do for it as my closing words. I think whenever, if you cast someone black to prophesize off of black dollars, it is a black movie in my eyes. I think that's a better way for me to explain it. That if you're making that casting decision, knowing that that person will capture black dollars or a black audience, that is a black movie to me in that point now, because that's what you're, you're deliberately trying to seek black people to see this movie. And that's when it becomes a black movie in my eyes versus if you cast someone, no one else, the black actor, but just because he was the best person for the role or you just, you know, whatever, you knew him, you like him, whatever the case may be, and there's no attempt to capture black dollars, then I think it's the black guy in the movie. I think that's how I kind of feel on that one. I guess on the final words is Hancock a black movie. Jaren? <laughs> Hancock's a movie about angels, my dude. <laughs> Good answer. Duke of all nerds, Hancock, black movie. <laughs> Jeez. No, Will Smith's in it. <laughs> and Jason, right. I don't know, actually, because Jason Bateman's in it. So, yes, it is a black movie. <laughs> Jason, we fucks with Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do fucks with Jason Bateman. That is true. That is very true. All right, guys. Thank everybody for listening to the N Word for Nerd podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, this is the second week in a row. We went really, really long, man. We're going to start having to chop up these segments and do it a little, you know, do something a little different on the side, maybe. Or maybe just not take like 30 minutes on Geek News. So I'm going to start making that a, a four-topic blur-up now. Just get the best four topics and do that for it. Uh, but again, everybody, remember to share this, like, subscribe, follow us on Head Cannon Circus on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we, If you just like to listen to podcasts, we're on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. You can find us all under Head Cannon Circus. You can check out some of our other shows, the Gladiator Cypher Podcast and Wrestling Review. Um, Gladiator Cypher Podcast is a music show, Wrestling Review. We review old wrestling matches. Uh, so we have some of that up on the on the Facebook side and on YouTube as well. Um, before we sign off, uh, Jaren, any final words for the folks? Uh, yeah, go ahead and just comment down uh, below this video why you think I'm wrong 100% about everything I've said today. <laughs> <laughs> bring the hate, bring the hate, and uh, bring the love if you had any. And what about straight from the hip? I, I see that shirt you're wearing over there, Jason. You You, you talk about straight from the hip? I'm not gonna do it on my platform, man. They gotta get their own promotion. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, we do. I do a sports a sports show Tuesday that I help uh, every Tuesday night. I help produce straight from the hip, 8 p.m. live on YouTube, Facebook, and we do put it up on streaming and all that good stuff. You can uh, look up straight from the hip. If you enjoy sports and funny commentary on sports, it is the spot for you. But uh, yeah, shout out to those guys over there. That's some of my crew over there too. They do their thing. Um, Duke of Alders, any final words? Just be kind. Tip your servers and bartenders. 20%. <laughs> yes, sir, as always. Well, again, gentlemen, thank you so much. And everyone, we will see you all next week. Peace.